Hello, everyone. It's good to have you with us. Thanks for tuning in to the Latter Rain Ministries. As always, if you want to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thelatterrain.org. You can email us through there as well. As news of our ministry, year-to-date, we have reached 58 countries throughout the world. We praise God for your faithful tuning in, for choosing to listen and to read the word God gives us to share with you, and for telling your friends and family. There is no way we would be doing what we're doing without your participation. We pray daily for all of you that God may continue to do the wonderful things He desires to do in your lives. I would like to take this opportunity to welcome our newest followers from Bosnia-Herzegovina, in Pakistan, in Lithuania, and in the Slavic Republic. Welcome, friends. Please drop us a line to say hello. We would love to hear from you. We truly praise the Lord that the vision He has given our ministry is continuing to be a reality in many different places as we continue to focus in sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Praise God. And now, as an introduction to our continuing series on the book of Proverbs, we'll talk today about learning, living, and sharing God's wisdom. God's wisdom needs to become something cyclical, something that continues to flow through all of us so that it may continue throughout the generations that follow until the return of our Lord, because the Lord will return for us very soon. And the whole goal of learning godly wisdom is so that He finds us doing what we should be doing for His honor and glory. We need to learn God's wisdom. We need to apply God's wisdom in our lives. And we need to share God's wisdom with other people. That's what those that preceded us did. That's what we should be doing. And that's what those that follow us need to continue doing. That's the cycle. We'll talk more about this a little further on. But for now, and as we always do, I would like to bring your attention to the recent tragedy in Sri Lanka where our family in Christ is going through a very tough time. News reports are saying that at least 350 people have died as a result of the series of explosions in various Christian churches and hotels where people were gathering. Christian persecution is real, and it is happening in different places. I hope this helps you realize the world we're living in, and that there will be no safe place in the world very soon for us. The Lord warned that this would happen and that His return draws nearer. It will get even worse. Our understanding is that the folks that carried out these attacks did them in response to what happened in New Zealand some weeks ago. I urge those of you that are listening to pray for the families that have been affected by these attacks, but also, and I know that this is hard, to pray for the salvation of those that seek to do harm to those of us that choose to follow Jesus Christ. The Lord taught us to love our enemies, not to hate them. We need to remember also that great men like the Apostle Paul persecuted the church violently before coming to faith in Christ himself. So we all need to keep in mind that everyone, our families, our friends, and yes, even our enemies need Jesus, and that this should be our focus, which is God's focus, that every single person needs to come to the knowledge of salvation through Jesus Christ. The world needs Jesus now more than ever. So let's take this moment to pray together for all of this. 
Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, for truly you are good and you are merciful. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray humbly first that, as always, please forgive my sins, O Lord. I know at every moment, all the time, we're doing things wrong, Lord, and I pray that you that you please have mercy, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, because it is through him that we have forgiveness, O Lord. Thank you for your goodness and the grace that you shed upon us through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, for, for this terrible thing that happened in Sri Lanka. Heavenly Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ over there that are, that are in mourning, that have lost loved ones, Heavenly Father. I know that those that, that have left, that have left us, O Lord, that Heavenly Father, they're in your presence if their lives were, were set in you. That's our faith, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that for those that were left behind, I pray, Lord God, for your comfort. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may just give them that peace that surpasses all understanding. And also, Lord God, if there are those around them that do not yet know you, that they may come to know you as a Lord and Savior that you need to be known as. Heavenly Father, touch their hearts, touch their lives. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for, for our enemies. Heavenly Father, I pray, O Lord, that you may touch their hearts as well, that they may realize what they are doing. Heavenly Father, and that they may realize that they need a Savior. They need a God that loves them. They need someone that died for them on the cross so that they could be saved. And that they could be forgiven for no matter what wrong they have done. Just as you have forgiven each one of us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love. I give you thanks for your grace. Help us, O Lord, to be able to impart your love and your grace with all of those that surround us. I give you thanks and I praise you. And I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that you please... Guide us to your word, to your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand things from your point of view. Help us to see things clearly, Lord God, and to apply your word to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we will continue our series on the book of Proverbs. And we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. And this is what it says. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. 
Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. If you have read any part of the book of Proverbs, you will understand that its main focus is to explain the importance of wisdom and how it is needed for everything, for every kind of situation. Wisdom is more than just spiritual intellect. Wisdom is not something that you acquire through the reading of the scriptures alone. Godly wisdom can only be attained through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God needs to be inside of us in order for wisdom to develop. And then, once the Holy Spirit is in our heart, then and only then will the scriptures make sense and begin the wonderful process of learning wisdom by studying the Word of God, by dedicating personal time with the Lord. But together with all of that, the Bible teaches us that where wisdom begins is through the fear of the Lord. That's where wisdom starts. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 teaches us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord does not involve being terrified by God, but rather it is a deep and reverent respect that is centered on believing just who God is. And yes, there should be some sort of fear as in being a little afraid because when you understand just how great and awesome the Lord is, you then understand that He is in fact someone who should be feared. We could draw a certain parallel to fire, for instance, so we can get a better understanding. Fire is a, is a, is a good thing. It's necessary for providing us with heat when we're cold. It helps us cook our food. It is a form of energy. Yet, it is not wise to play with fire because fire can be extremely helpful and vital to our survival, but if mishandled and not respected, it can cause all kinds of damage and even death. We have clear real-life examples of how destructive fire can be, like with all of the forests and vegetations that have been burned down by fire in different places in the world, where plants and trees and animals, houses, mansions, businesses, and even human life has been lost. And it takes a very long time to recover from such tragedies. God is similar. God cannot be handled, managed, taken advantage of, played with, manipulated, and least of all, subdued or conquered. You can't tell God what to do and what not to do. You can't put God in a box and bring him out when you need him and put him back when you think you don't need him anymore. And this is the greatest of all misconceptions that you can never take advantage of God's amazing love. God is love, but the Bible also teaches us that He is consuming fire. So be careful with the Lord. Think about who He is, that He is the creator of heaven and earth and of everything that exists in our universe. Think about how great our universe is and think about how small we are in comparison and now, think about the one that made all of it, including you and me. When some sort of reality starts setting in, you should start to understand who we're talking about. And for your own well-being, start showing him the deep respect he deserves. And even have some fear. But coming back to our point, God needs to be feared in order for wisdom to even start in our lives. And together with that, you need faith, because how can you fear someone that you don't believe exists or that he is who he is? You can't do anything that is involved with the Lord without any real, meaningful kind of faith. 
Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says it quite clearly where it explains, But without faith it is impossible to please him, speaking of God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's why I can never stress it enough. You need to have a real, genuine, true, living, and dynamic faith in your life. You cannot do anything without faith. Least of all, please God. So if we had to put some sort of order on how this would all work, it would be something like this. Step one would be, you need to believe that the Lord is who He is without any kind of doubt. Second step would be, you need to get rid of any kind of pride you may have because that will keep you away from salvation and everything else linked to the things of the Lord. Three, you need to surrender your life to the Lord so the Holy Spirit can come in. Four, you need to grow in your faith even more once He comes into your life. Five, you need to submit and obey the Lord, getting rid of even more pride. Six, you need to understand who God is and fear the Lord. And seven, and then you need to devote time and energy to really digging into his word. Sounds like a lot, right? Well, maybe. But it's easy if you just genuinely believe. And when you begin to understand what wisdom is and the immeasurable value it has, then it will make complete sense to do Whatever it is you need to do to get it. Wisdom is far more valuable than intellect and being savvy or street smart, if you will. Human intellect is no match for the wisdom of God. So, as we introduced at the beginning, wisdom needs to become a cycle of learning, living, and sharing with others. Why? Because that is how everything starts changing. Nothing can change in our lives nor around us if this doesn't happen. Basically, it will all be for nothing. It's like handing a one-year-old baby the keys to a Ferrari or Bugatti or a, a nuclear power plant or whatever you want to think of. You get the picture, right? The Almighty of the universe can do nothing in your life without there being some sort of wisdom in your life. Precisely because of the steps we mentioned before that are necessary to acquire wisdom. And again, your life will be fruitless without any kind of impact if there is no wisdom. And when something is useless, well, it is discarded shortly thereafter. Sounds rough? Well, no one said the truth would be easy, but it's a very good incentive to get going, right? Jesus taught us that all of his word will be fulfilled down to the last period, and in one way or another. So, for wisdom to have its true effect, to help us become useful in the hands of God, we need to learn it, but just as important, we need to live it. That's why it's not about intellectual knowledge. That's useless. It's about living the Word, living out God's wisdom in your life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18 to 20 says this, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called 
least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Through this, we can come to understand that we need to be doers of the word. Otherwise, you're just someone that has adopted some sort of religion like the scribes and Pharisees, who instead of acknowledging and following the Messiah, they turned killing him into their mission. How backwards is that? When you don't practice the word of God just as it is written, you start going against everything God stands for, and you wind up fighting against the Lord in your life, thereby succumbing to the devil's bidding. There are only two sides. And what you wind up doing defines which side you belong to. Not your thoughts and not your ideas. Actions define our eternity. And finally, the wonderful thing about God is that He wants to grant us His wisdom. And all He says we should do is just ask for it. But of course, believing it, believing in Him, that He will do it. James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8 teaches us this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Faith is the cornerstone for everything in the Lord. Faith opens the door to everything awesome and eternal that belongs to God. But together with that faith, we need to add God's wisdom to our lives. We need to learn his wisdom. And when we learn his wisdom and when we live in his wisdom, we need to also share his wisdom with others around us. This is the only way the Lord can change and transform our lives and also give opportunity to others so they can be changed and transformed as well. When this incredible cycle happens, then our lives starts to have an impact in eternity. So I will end today's sharing with this. Do you want for your life to disappear together with the temporal things of this world, along with your actions? Or do you want for your actions to have such an impact that they will follow you always, even before the presence of God of the universe, the almighty King of kings and Lord of lords, who reigns forever and ever? Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your goodness and again for your mercy and your grace and for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for your Holy Spirit, and for your Word, and for your instruction, and, and because you want to give us so much. And because, Lord, your love is so great, and you want to share so much with us, that you, you give us, O oh Lord, the, the opportunity to be able to be a part of something eternal. Heavenly Father, you, you give us the opportunity to be something that, to be part of something that never ends that maybe our lives here may end at some point but if we do those things that please you if we apply your wisdom to our lives 
and we carry out those things that your wisdom dictates that we should carry out, that, Lord, we can have an eternal impact, that our actions, that the things that we do can just go on and on and on and on and, and, and never end, Lord God. Heavenly Father, that you can use us for great and incredible things, that you give us, each one of us, an eternal purpose, Lord. Not something to do for a few days or a few months or even a few years, but something that impacts everything forever and ever and ever. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you're the, the depths of who you are and what you are is magnificent. But I even thank you even more because you want to make us part of that magnificence, Lord. Because you want us to have such worth and to do such things that we couldn't even imagine. Heavenly Father, I, I stand in awe before your love. I stand in awe of just who you are and what you want to do. And, and who are we to deserve so much? Heavenly Father, help us to understand. Help us to seek you diligently. Help us, O oh Lord, to, to seek after your wisdom with our whole entire heart to understand the great value that it has. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to live our lives for your honor and glory. Because when that happens, is that when we truly start experiencing your greatness and you become more and more real as each day goes by. I pray for everyone that is listening, Heavenly Father. I pray, O oh Lord, that you, that you please touch their hearts, that you please open their minds, that you help them to see and understand that there is a much greater world out there that you have for us than the little, tiny, insignificant little world that the devil tries to show us as being better. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to see beyond way beyond through your eyes. Help us to understand, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write us through our website if you would like for more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.